Welcome into a special episode of Off the Cuff Sports. Uh, we'll go back to our old name for today, considering what we're going to be talking about. We'll go back to Georgia Bama coaches for today. Um, we're going to be talking about one thing and one thing only today. These two guys' favorite teams are playing again for the second time this year and the second time in the national championship in the past four years. So here we're going to throw out everything else. We're no, no team in distress, no, no petty moment of the week, none of that stuff. The only thing we're talking about this episode is the national championship game. And so I, what I want y'all fellas to do right now is I'm going to imagine, uh, we're going we're gonna to go predict the future here. What I want you to do in defense of your team, imagine you are an anchor on SportsCenter and you've got to do a five minute summary of the game. Each one of you will have five minutes uninterrupted to give your narrative of the game, of how it goes. Um, breaking down every score that you predict is going to happen. Uh, each one of you will be able to do that uninterrupted. Let me say that again, uninterrupted. Then each of you will be able to have a rebuttal regarding the statements made by the other side. Are we clear on the rules? There are no rules in football. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of rules in football. Okay. <sighs> All right. Um, I'm gonna give you guys a second to think about how you how you project this game going to go. So now uh, these guys had some time to think about it. Um since Lamores drove five hours to see you, uh, I'm gonna let him decide whether he wants to go first or second in uh, this. I will happily go second. I figured you would. It's my house, my rules, he goes first. <laughs> he drove five hours just to see you and help you move. Hey, and I appreciate that. And I think I've given him um, great conversation and um, all that other stuff. And I've constantly told him that he is a uh, the opposite of a faithful black man. So yeah, no, nah, he goes first. Anyways, Georgia 37, Alabama 24. Why? 37, 24, is that what you're saying? That what I, you're saying? I am. 37-24. Okay. So, so break down how it's going to go score by score for us. Plus or minus seven for the Georgia score, but they're still winning regardless. Um, the way it happens, Georgia's defense and their defensive system the first time they played is not what they've done all year. They switched from man and went to a zone coverage against Alabama, thinking that they can essentially stop um what's his name bryce young from scrambling out by having a spy and and just and hopefully zoning them out of the game that is not georgia's bread and butter i don't expect them to come out and do that again um if you look at what georgia did in the second half of the game it's more so along the lines of what um they did all season they stopped alabama fairly well outside of that first um, drive coming out of halftime where they just, you know, 
busted coverage, they stopped Alabama. Georgia has the defense to shut Alabama down. Alabama's going to score their points, but they do not have to score 40. And I don't expect them to score anywhere close to 40 again. I think this game is going to go a lot like the last SEC champ, or not SEC championship, but the national championship where Georgia went up um, and Alabama is going to have to come back. Um, Offensive-wise, I think there's a little more confidence in Stetson Bennett now in terms of the national media. That same confidence that I've had all year saying Stetson Bennett can win Georgia National Championship. Um, I feel like that's bound to happen. Their run game just needs to be remotely decent. Three to four yards pop and then let Stetson get in manageable positions. Sounds good. Do not need, we do not need Stetson Bennett trying to win us the game. He's not going to be attempting 40 plus passes. That's, that's not Georgia's MO. Um, and I don't see it happening. But honestly, as long as they don't get too greedy and then they take shots appropriately um, just to keep Alabama's defense off, um, honest, I think Georgia's offense is good enough to easily put up 37 close to 40. But that's just my hopes and dreams. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm probably like 20% sure that that's what the score is going to be. But, you know, that's, that's my logic going forward. Okay. Uh, Georgia's going to go back to what they've been doing. So you are going to concede the rest of your time? Sure. Okay, because you had about two more minutes. I don't know. I don't have anything to say because regardless of what I say, Solo's going to say I'm wrong. So no need to prove my point. I set my piece. All right, Solomon, uh, not a rebuttal time. This is purely your breakdown. Like if you, like this is Tuesday morning, you're, work, you're a sports center anchor, you are breaking down what happened, the score, how it happened, why it happened, all that good stuff in favor of Alabama. We won. Why did we win? Because we were better. Why were we better? Because we controlled the line of scrimmage. Jordan Davis is a one-trick pony. As long as you don't let him get his hype game going up, they're fine. Eventually, once you go up a score and a half, Georgia has to start playing man-to-man in order to try to get pressure on the ball. When that happens, Bryce picks them apart. We score even more. Put Stetson Bennett, uh, a.k.a. slash the dentist, lawyer, whatever, middle-collar or middle-class profession that he is, to have to throw those 40-plus 40, 40 yard attempts that people say he's not going to have to throw. Uh, once he has to throw those passes, he's going to miss those passes. Once he misses those passes, Alabama scores more. Uh, final score is going to be Alabama plus 14. I don't know the exact number, though. Give me two, give me three, give me 42 and whatever 42 minus 14 is, 28. 28, yeah, 42 to 28. Okay. Uh, so, beginning of the week, Georgia opened up as a three-point favorite. 
Um, it has now dropped down to two and a half point favorite. Uh, so for some reason, Vegas still favors uh, Georgia. Because um, Vegas is stupid. Yeah. Um, my opinion, before you guys have your rebuttals to each other's argument, had this game been closer in the SEC championship, I would pick Georgia to win because we all know how hard it is to beat the same team twice in a single year. However, Alabama was always in control of that game. There was never a doubt. Well, probably the first five minutes, we thought, okay, Georgia may Georgia may actually be, be for real. Um, and then after that, everything changed. Um, and ended up being a little bit of a runaway from Alabama, for Alabama. And so my thinking with that is that it will be closer. However, you gave Nick Saban extra time to beat the same team that he already beat this season. Um, that extra time is going to be huge for him. And let's be honest, he wasn't preparing for Cincinnati at all. That time was not used to prepare for Cincinnati. They did what they needed to do to, to be ready for Cincinnati, and then they moved on to prepare for, to prepare for Georgia. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I think it would be a one-score game, uh, but Alabama still comes out on top. Um, maybe even Alabama kind of starts to, pulls away, and then for the first time ever, Kirby Smart's able to adjust at halftime and makes it close, but just runs out of time at the end of the game. Um, so, Morris, go ahead and give your rebuttal to what Solomon just said. Uh, tell him why he's wrong. He's wrong because I said he's wrong. Um, one, I, I still feel like both you, JT, and Solo, y'all do not have an understanding of Stetson Bennett whatsoever. And you're, you've been caught up, hold on. You've been caught up in what Stetson hasn't done against Alabama. Stetson has the ability to throw the deep ball. He is extremely talented in the deep ball. He doesn't have the act or not the accuracy, the velocity that a JT Daniels has, but he has perfect touch. Um, he's not one that's an overthrower like Jake Fromm was. He's fairly accurate. Um, his biggest downfall when it came to Alabama this past um, game was that he made stupid mental mistakes, right? So he had the one time where he threw a pick six. That was a bad pass. The other interception, you know, tight end should have kept running the route, whatever. Um, I cannot put Stetson Bennett and assume that he's, he's going to be the, the downfall of Georgia. Um, Solo said that Alabama dominates the line of scrimmage. Um, Alabama barely touched Stetson Bennett um, in the SEC championship game. Um, now, I will give Alabama credit. They protected uh, Bryce Young. However, there was reports that came out that was said the defensive line was told to contain Bryce Young rather than go after Bryce Young. And I think that was reflected in how the defensive line played. 
Um, so there's a there's a distinct difference between, you know, just trying to hold him in the pocket and not let him escape to create deeper throws than actually going after and get him. I think you see that with Georgia's defense when they went up against Michigan, where they actually went up against Kate McNamara and Kate couldn't even get a pass off. It, it looked like, you know, he was out there playing high school ball against college D1 recruits. Um, that's Georgia's bread and butter. And I, like I said, I fully expect them to go back to that rather than what they did during the SEC championship game. Um, I don't know what else to say because my thought process and my opinions of Georgia is way far different than, you know, everyone else's, but I have, you know, I guess bias, but more time to look at Georgia. I, I cover them, I follow them. So that's, that's just me. Well, that's fair. Um, you know, I, I do give Seth Bennett a lot of credit. He's, he's definitely improved throughout the season. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not even saying that it's going to be Stetson Bennett. It's the reason that they lose. I did, I did. I'm not saying that. I just think that offense, um, from Alabama exposed Georgia's defense, um, and has a chance to run away from them. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we, we, I've talked about this before. Um, this is kind of the exception to the rule that I have as far as Jimmy's and Joe's versus X's and O's. Nick Saban is kind of the, the exception to that rule. Um, he can out scheme anybody and he can adjust to anybody. Um, regardless of, we've seen that in the national championship game. We've seen that in the SEC championship game. Um, so, I kind of just, it's, I, you know, as a coach, I see what, how good he is at, at adjusting and preparing. Um, and I kind of just have to lean towards him. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But, and that's why I say it's going to be a one possession game. It's not going to be what happened in the, in this SEC championship game. It's not going to be cut and dry Alabama just dominating and running away like they always do. Uh, but Solomon, go ahead. What are your, what's your rebuttal to uh, Morris's thoughts? Stetson Bennett already has enough protection with the biggest O line in the, in the in America. You can stop like trying to hold his, his his thing when he goes to the bathroom. You make so many excuses for him, Jesus. Just because Stetson is not going to be be a main reason that he loses. I just say that, like, Stetson is not talented enough to bring anybody back from behind. And, like, that's the issue. No one says that he can't throw the ball. No one says that he can't make right decisions. No one's saying that he's not a capable quarterback. He's there for a reason. Duh. But the biggest thing that he has got to understand is that if Georgia gets down, can Stetson duel to bring them back? And that answer is a resounding no. And I think that that is the only difference. Like they don't have, if, if Georgia somehow gets out in front and can maintain a lead, they will win the game. That's obvious. What I have always said is if they get down by multiple scores, if they get down by 10, 
I don't believe Stetson Bennett is good enough to lead the charge to win a game. That's just me. The receivers aren't, I mean, the receivers are top-notch. The tight end is top-notch. I don't think the quarterback, if we were talking about, if this was T, JT Daniels, I'd be singing a different tune because JT Daniels is on the same level as Bryce Hart. I mean, as, as uh, Bryce Young. But yeah, it's like nothing, it's nothing against him. But I mean, he's the easy point. Also, Georgia can't afford to bring pressure on Bryce, uh, especially if that requires them to go man-to-man. The reason being is many zone schemes that um, many zone schemes that bring pressure often leave wide-open gaps. I mean, so because Bryce won't have a lot of time, I still think that the check down will still be enough in order to beat that. And Lamar's knows just as well as I do. If Georgia is forced into a position to where they have to bring pressure and go man-to-man, that's not going to be a good look for them. But yes, uh, resoundingly, at the end of the day, as much as I love to see, uh, uh, say that Georgia, like I said, Georgia's very capable of winning this game. If they score first and they maintain their lead, they will win the game. But the same thing that I said as on the last podcast is going to be the same rebuttal. And it was the, the predominant, like the biggest factor in the game the last time is that if, if Georgia gets down, if they get down, does their quarterback have enough to keep them in the game? And the answer is no. As much as people want to defend Stetson Bennett, he does not show any signs of life when he is down. Yeah, uh, I noticed that as well. Um, he is kind of like, no disrespect, Lamars. He is kind of like, as far as emotions and get it, using that to your advantage, um, he is Eli Manning. Straight faced. Doesn't matter if they're down by 40, up by 40, close game, trying to come back, zero emotion. Um, and that can be good in some situations. Um, and I'm not saying you want your quarterback to be the most emotional person on your team. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, Solomon, you remember uh, Medlock. Um, yeah. That guy was, love him, but... Psycho, 100% psycho. Uh, he literally speared a guy while he was running downfield, knocked him out, and is hyped about it. Screaming at North Alabama student section, which is right behind our bench. Um, so I don't want you guys, I don't want your, I don't want my quarterback to be that emotional, but I need more than what Stetson Bennett can give. Well, at least what he shows, excuse me. I'm sure he can get more emotion than he has. I know what he is capable of. But he, he is not allowed that emotion to fuel him and guide him and direct him. Uh, but now, um, y'all are taking the gloves off. None of this formal, one of you talk for a few minutes, the other one talks for a few minutes. Next 20 minutes, Feel free to go back and forth with each other, interrupt each other, argue, whatever. Go right ahead. Georgia sucks. 
Now, I, I don't really have anything to say because everything that y'all saying is is not really factually based on what Georgia does. Okay, so, well, so let me, let me say, ask you a question, more. So. Okay, oh, okay, you said you had nothing to say, so I was gonna, but go ahead. Um, so like you're, you're talking about how Georgia's defense was exposed. I don't think so because Georgia didn't play their normal defense. How do you expose the defense when it's it, it wasn't presented to you? Um, that's like saying, um, you know, Cincinnati's defense uh, was exposed um, through the passing game, even though Alabama didn't pass on them. Um, I think it's, it's just not it's not fair assumption, in my opinion. Uh, if you don't put out your main defense where you have your four man actually running after the QB and you're playing man on the back end and, and that combination of the two working together is not presented to you um, like it has been all year for the past 12 games, you know, I, I can't fault Georgia's defense. They do have to play better. Um, I don't think Georgia needs to allow 600 yards of offense. Um, and that's that's a fair assumption because Stetson does not need to be the person to bring a team back from giving up, you know, 40 plus points. Uh, the recipe for Georgia is not a shootout. I agree with you. However, you know, I, I think the expectation of Alabama's offense versus Georgia's defense is, is far off. Um, and that's why I say I don't see them scoring, you know, 30 plus points. I, I see them in the range of 24, much like the national championship um, back in what was it, 2017, 2018, whenever that was. Um, but that's all. That's all I have to say. So, my question to you, Morris me and Solomon have been very hard on Kirby Smart and his ability to adjust at halftime. I've, I've made it clear that I think he's a great planner, strategizer pre-game in preparation for the game. However, once the bullets start flying, he is not, in my opinion, he is not having a, he has not shown the ability to adjust in-game situations. Go ahead and explain to me why I'm wrong in that, that fashion. He adjusted during the SEC championship game. The only issue in the second half was they were already down um, after that first drive of the second half. They were down, what, three scores by then or two scores? And then you have Stetson who makes a, a stupid decision, throws a pick six, and that pretty much seals the game. I think the defense played lights out compared to what they played that second quarter. And that, that can be said for Kirby. There was a, a distinct difference in that type of defense. Um, now, offensively, I don't know who's making the adjustments offensively because I guess historically uh, our offense isn't the best in the second half. Um, and that's something that he could improve on, but he's not our offensive person. That's, that's all Todd Munkin, or it should be. Who knows? But all, all I know is Todd Monk is the one who's calling the plays. So to say Kirby can't or he's not good at it, I you don't go, what, 11, 12, and 0 without being able to make halftime adjustments. Um, but with you're comparing him to the best coach of college football, of course, you know, he may be lacking compared to, 
you know, the greatest coach of all time. So maybe, just maybe, not you know. Yeah. Uh, and would you would you argue that because obviously you no longer have your defensive coordinator? Um, am I right about that? Then he'd get a job. I mean, he's he's still coaching right now, but yes. So, but we've seen in the past when a coordinator gets a job somewhere else, um, and they decide they want to try to stay with their team and coach that team. Um, not to bring up old wounds, but Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Shanahan. Um, I mean, he left the. He left, he left the playbook in the hotel. Could, I'm not saying now, because obviously it's kind of out in the, but like, obviously he had set up that deal prior to the SEC championship game. Um, he wanted to keep right. that out of the wraps until after that. Do you think the defensive performance was affected by him as, from a, using a psychology term, a psychology phrase, serving two masters are you saying for the sec championship game like he was distracted is that i'm saying I'm, that's what i'm asking as far as like do you think that he since he had his he was in two places in his head um that affected the defensive performance i doubt it no okay. not when you have you have dan landing well dan landing as the defensive coordinator calling plays but you have Kirby Smart, who's a defensive genius. You have, um, what's his name? Glenn Schumann, who is a defensive genius. You still have, uh, what's his name? Will Muschamp, defensive genius. You have too many defensive minds on the, um, on the team to where you could overcome one guy who, yes, Dan Lanning's great, but he's not the person who designed the defense. Let's be real. That's, You're right. It is that's Kirby's. Smart. Yeah. That is Kirby's defense, one thousand um, percent. So, even if his head is in two places, which I don't really think so. Um, well, I don't think it's that much because if it was, uh, Oregon would do a much better job in recruiting right now. Um, and right now they're kind of lacking. But. Um, I don't think it's that big of an issue. I would have been more concerned if someone like Todd Munkin left. That would have scared the living daylights out of me. If someone like Todd Munkin or even Matt Luke, um, our offensive line coach, or Dale McGee, someone like that would have left. At this time, that would scare me. But I mean, to be fair, um, offensive coordinators at Georgia have not impress me um in the recent years i mean definitely mike bobo is not someone that you want to bring back to the program um are you sure <laughs> mike mike now hear me out i don't oh like gosh. mike bobo as of recent um what mike bobo's done at like auburn and and elsewhere hasn't been great but if you look at Georgia's best offenses when they had like Matt Stafford back in the day, Mike Bobo's offenses were putting up 40, 50 points. But is that because of recruiting or is that because of his actual play calling? Because but it doesn't matter. Know, if it was not like a job. But but it doesn't matter if it gets the job done. It doesn't matter if, you know, if that's just all recruiting. That's to me, in terms of like Kirby's success, 
I rank Kirby high as a coach. And it doesn't have to necessarily mean strictly X's and O's no, or strictly it, no, recruiting. It has to be all combined. I think that, right. That's what so, makes Nick Saban so good. He is he can recruit anybody he wants and he can put them in the best situation to win. I mean, I think he could recruit anyone at this point just based off of six to six um alone. If if he didn't have the fact that what is it, seven rings mm-hmm. at this point, like, you know. You had to get those guys in to begin with. I mean I mean, yeah, but it it's a different time now also. No, you're right. So I'm not disagreeing with that point. Um, Solomon, uh, this is not the same defense that you had in years past. Uh, for the first time ever, one of Nick Saban's former assistants beat him. Uh, does that concern you going to this game that that streak has been broken? And not only that, it was a home loss to an unranked team. Is the, uh, the, the that one blemish on his record? It, it broke a lot of streaks that he had. No, he didn't lose. He didn't lose the Indian at home. They lost on the road. They lost on the road. Oh, I thought they were at home. My bad. No, they were at. No, they were. They were in Indian when they lost. Uh, but no, uh, biggest thing. Is that like, in all honesty, on paper, like I've said over a countless number of times, Georgia should win this game. Georgia should win this game. 100%. Georgia should win the game. However, like I've said a billion times, if they do not do what they're supposed to do and they get in Alabama gets up by 10, their quarterback's not good enough to bring them over there. That's my one hill that I'm going to continue to die on because it's the only true fact. And it pisses the Moors off to know that at the end of the day that his quarterback can't leave them back from a deficit, and he knows it. He Care about lead them back from 10. Huh? 10, 10 is not a big deficit. He let them back from before the game got out of hand. Um, when y'all started scoring those touchdowns in the second half, he, he came back, but, you know, you, Bro, you came back after we were down while we had you down by like 35. No one cared about that. Right. So my question here is if to you guys, if the score, regardless of who's in the lead, is ten, uh, over 10 points, so 11 points or more, 11 plus points, are we calling the game there? No. For Georgia, yes. For Bama, no. Bama has the firepower to come back from a deficit. Georgia doesn't. Georgia has the fire to come back from a deficit. The issue is if they get in a deficit, their defense has to also come back. So if you allow Alabama to score 14, you can't allow Alabama to continuously score on top of that 14 that you're already ahead of. So it's not on the offense to come back from 14. Georgia can score two touchdowns. It's not like their offense is incompetent. Before the SEC championship, they're ranked like number seven in the country for scoring offense. And that should say something. Like they played a full teams, schedule. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. They played a full schedule of SEC teams. They Trash beat teams, those okay. same teams. Okay. Those, they Trash beat teams, those okay. same teams. Hold on. Trash they beat these, so those same teams that Alabama played. 
Arkansas, uh-huh. Tennessee, mm-hmm. Florida. Mm-hmm. Georgia yeah. played mm-hmm. all of those teams, yeah. and they yeah. still put up more yeah. points than yeah. Alabama. So yeah. it's not we still on the offense so that they can't. So what's your point? I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. feeling to see your point. Okay, okay so um, anyways, it's not on the offense saying that they can't come back. They can score. It's just it makes it a whole lot difficult if the defense can't stop anybody. So if you give up 24 points in one quarter, of course the offense is going to feel deflated because they just got off the field. And then 75 seconds later, in three plays, Alabama scores another touchdown. That cannot happen. But that is not an offensive issue. That's a that's a team issue. I ain't never heard so many excuses for a quarterback in my life. That's all I'm saying. Nobody mentioned the quarterback. The offense is the quarterback. The offense is the quarterback. And there lies your problem with your thinking. So here's my question. Here's my next question. If Kirby Smart cannot win this one, what is next? What happens next with Kirby Smart? Wait for Saban to retire. When is that going to be? This man is apparently immortal. It's golden. As soon as Saban retires, literally Kirby has beaten every other coach not named Saban. Saban retires. We're good. Literally Kirby Smart told COVID no. He literally told COVID no. Go away. When he tested positive last season, he was still there for the game. He did not miss the game. He literally- That's dedication. He's not, Pure this dedication. man, I don't know when this man is going to actually die. But regardless, as soon as Saban retires, Kirby is golden. I think the rest of- But is of, Georgia gonna wait even, that long until Kirk? Cause I don't know, I don't know when he's gonna retire. It's not gonna be in the I'll next couple of years. years. I give it two years. Two years he's retired. Yeah. To the power of six, yeah. He's 70 years old right now. So how much longer do you realistically think? Joe Paterno was like 85 when he when he retired. And and you saw how that ended. That that (laughs) really messed up his legacy. Saban, that's different though. I don't think I don't think Saban's gonna get into the situation. Saban is gonna be one of those guys that's gonna coach until he until he has a heart attack and dies. Because he doesn't know what else to do with his life. He could go sit down and enjoy the millions of dollars he made, go look at his kids and hang out with the grandbabies and and all of that. That's great. He could still retire, though. You know what that sounds like? You know, it sounds like like wishful thinking. Sounds like somebody wants to just win a cupcake championship because they've been deprived for so long. So, so question. Um, If a team doesn't beat Saban, is a cupcake championship. Yeah. So all of Saban's championships have been cupcake then. No, nah, because Saban beat the best of the best no. of his time. Yes, he did. Texas was... Te- I, I, don't, I don't care. Nah, no, no, I, no, I don't no, care no, because no, no, if, no. if that's the case, then when Saban retires and Georgia or whoever else wins a championship, it can't be cupcake because they beat the best at this time. Oh, whatever, Lamar is here. That's that's a that's a reach. No. That's like that's like your ex-girlfriend like yoga stretch reach. That, that's like the you're MJ reaching. LeBron argument as far as championships go. Thank you. You you are solo. You are absolutely reaching on that one. But okay. No, I'm not reaching. 
Okay, bro, who was the powerhouse at the time when Nick before Nick Saban I took a saying bro just answer no I'm no, no, saying no, 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 no. no championship is a cup well, championship. championship. I don't ask you the question. I don't I don't ask you the question. I do not can you stop speaking over me because it was my care. It was my I do not care. I'm being a skip dealer today. It was my JT said no turns anymore. JT no said turns. 20 minutes it's, but it's still my turn. No, but it's I, my turn. I don't care. I don't it's care. my turn. I don't it's care. My turn. I don't it's my turn. I don't care. I will I don't be care. fine. I, don't I, care. I, I will. Cool. I will come That's and cool. hang up from your hang up from this. <laughs> I don't care. We will end this call right now. <laughs> Move. Bro, all I said at the end of the day is that like he beat the best of it. Like he beat the best. Texas was the powerhouse. It was Texas USC. It was Pac-12, Big 12. And then he took the throne from those guys. I'm sorry that he's the throne. You've got to take the throne in order to be considered the best. Who said Kirby had to be considered the best? You said cupcake championship. I don't I don't think winning the championship after Sabian retires means it's cupcake. That just means they oh, won the so championship and they're the best during that year. No. Because Okay. Is, this is, is LeBron's, this is is why, LeBron's this is last ring. Dabo Sweeney is a better coach than Kirby Smart. Is, is LeBron's is last ring a cupcake ring? Answer that question. He, is it Disney no, rings? He's, he's, a, he's the standard. How? It doesn't matter. He, he didn't beat anybody. He didn't, he didn't beat so anybody. He the standard. So LeBron hasn't been the standard no. since the age of 20. No, if, if they would have went up against the Nets, if they would have gone up against the okay. Nets with Kyrie. Hey, I less, dude. Braun is the standard, just like Alabama okay. is the standard. You, you just, just like in baseball. You no, just, just like just like in, just you, like in you baseball. Hate to, you hate to give other people credit that aren't your fanboys. That's all. It's all good, though. My opponent is cherry-picking on the fact that I said a cupcake championship. doesn't matter. End of the damn day, bro. It, if Kirby Smart doesn't win, he's Mark Rick. And that's all I care to say. If he doesn't win this year, how many more years does he have to win a championship before Georgia says... We got to move on to somebody else. George is a bunch of inbreds. So, I mean, like, they're going to give him as much time as he wants. They gave Mark Rill, Mark Rick 12 years. So, I mean, so, Kirby's fine. My next question to that is, who do you go after then, if that's the case? If you you have the coach that gets you to two different national championships, but they fail to win them, who do you go after? Because there's not that many other uh, national championship coaching coaches left out there outside of who? Dabo and... Um, Back him up because that place, Georgia, we know Georgia can recruit on name alone. And he gets, a, when, when, if Dabo gets the right guys into his system, he can win a championship, even against the likes of Nick Saban. But here's the thing with Dabo, and, and you've seen this in the past couple of years, Dabo's afraid to use the transfer portal. And we all know the transfer portal at this point is being the main source of completing rosters. So if you feel like the only players that deserve to be in your um, program are high school athletes that sign to you out of high school, you know, it's it's going to put you at a disadvantage versus someone who's like Saban or Kirby or Ryan Day who utilize the transfer portal to fill whatever holes they have left after, you know, their regular recruiting classes. So to me, Dabo is not the answer. Dabo had success in the past, but look at him in the past couple of years. 
The man was just in the title game or in the Dipcom CPF last year. So, so you you're giving him credit for that, but not he but not Kirby, it. but not Kirby. He made it to the Lemoors. You want to know why? We get, but you want to know why? Because you want to know why? why? Because he's won. He's won the whole thing. He won. He's won the whole thing. Okay. He's won. He's coached longer. He has coached oh so much longer. God. Dabble had six, seven years before he even made it. Bro, bro, you sound you sound like one of them females at the club that's like who best friends is, is getting talked to and not hurt. You you don't give a f- <laughs> if you're not getting talked to. If you're ugly, you're ugly. My point is giving people their due credit. When, and I give we, saving his credit. Did we ever say I we, give, we I, not give Dabble his credit? We definitely. I mean, I'm not, not saying. Maybe we not give what, what cr- credit. What credit, bro? We said he's Mark Rick. That he's How Mark is Rick. that credit? That's credit. Mark Rick has not done a single. Oh Mark Rick God. has even made it into a, a, a national Mark, Mark Rick. Mark Rick has not done a single thing. the best coach in Georgia. He's not even close. Yes, he is. Not even. Close. Yes, you. You, you must not know Georgia history. But. Arguably the best. Not coach even that close. Georgia's Top ever five. Had. Top five, but not even close. I give, I give, if he loses this year, I give Kirby five years before Georgia says bye-bye. You don't have to worry. I'm telling you, Georgia is a bunch of embryos, just like Bama. They stick with what they know. It is what it is. Kirby's not going anywhere, which is fine because as long as and saving is there. That's cool. Like I said, he could very well win this year. He could. But I don't think that he has enough to, to be a, a steady contender. This would be a one-trick one, one-trick pony. How's he not a steady contender when he's made, what, two college football playoffs, two national championships? Bro, my wife um, is telling still- us that we have to wrap this up because we got company. Uh, my, my, here's my final line. Give, give me my child. Thank you, baby. All I'm going to say is this, is that, like, he's good. He is a good coach. He is not a great coach. He is a good coach. I give you credit for you getting to the spot that there's the same thing in the in, in basketball that separates me from the names of a lot of people. Like, hey, I've gotten to, I've gotten to the promised land. I've just never won. That's why, like, I mean, I consider myself a really good coach, but I'm not, I'm not Bucky or I'm not the, uh, the what's-his-name guy that's won uh, four and and and, and six a, okay. Like it just like that. It's where our lots are. Real good coaches can get there with what they got. That's awesome. It takes great coaches to get people there and actually pull off the dub. There you go. You are. I'm just saying, Kirby and his teams are are second best to every other team not named Bama. So like. You know, they could beat anyone. So I don't understand why we're talking as if Kirby's not in because, that. Because, bro, he's I, had it. My Saban, is, Saban is in the range of his own. I, I understand that. But Kirby can be in that same class as Dabo, same class as Ryan Day, when Ryan Day hasn't done anything except for take what Urban Meyer built and win on championship we agree. off of that. We, so we that's, that's all my argument is. That is it. That's it. My narratives will change if he wins that's that's all i can say on the matter there narratives will change if he wins yeah Yeah. and we'll give him his and we'll give him credit for winning one 
insignificant title. It's like we give Dabo his credit for winning what? Like two? The reason why Dan Marino is not considered part of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is because he never won a championship. He went to one and he never went back. Right. Kirby's not a greatest of all time coach at this moment. I He's not in that class. And I'm not arguing for him to be in that class. I'm just saying, give him the due respect that you give someone else, you know, who's been in, you know, his place. And that that's all I'm arguing. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled, regular format next week. We just figured we should focus on the national championship, considering where fanhoods lie. Uh, uh, with that, this has been Off the Cuff Sports. Good luck to both teams. See you all next week.